0: This is live coverage of the NHL and Florida Panthers 2022 draft. On the home of the Florida Panthers, AM560 Sports, WQAM, FM99.9 HD2, and streaming on the Odyssey
1: app. Sponsored by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. By Gunther Motor Company. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther. By JetBlue, the official airline of the Florida Panthers. And by Lexus Accounts. Kendall and Lexus of West Kendall. The new lineup of Lexus IS sedans and RX SUVs are now in stock and ready for immediate delivery. Call 305 Kendall.
0: go. here are Panthers announcers Doug Plagans and Randy Moeller.
2: We are here, 2022 NHL Draft coverage. Doug Plagans, Red Deer, Randy Moeller with you. The NHL Draft taking place up at Bell Center in Montreal. We are here in our South Florida studios bringing you all the action from the draft. Big thanks to Jamison Olive from FloridaPanthers.com. Stop by last segment. We heard from Panthers general manager Bill Zito as well. Panthers fans, secure your seats for this upcoming season. Sign up for our open house select a seat event that's coming up. On Wednesday, go to FloridaPanthers.com for more information on that. Coming up this hour, hour number two of three. We'll be with you until 10 o'clock here this evening. Coming up this hour, we'll recap what we saw through the early stages of the draft. We've got George Richards from Florida Hockey Now coming up in about 15, 20 minutes time from now. So we'll talk to him, talk about the Panthers season that was, talk about Getting ready for a new season coming up uh, just about three months from now. We'll be teeing things up for a new season of Panthers hockey. The Panthers schedule, of course, out at FloridaPanthers.com. The home opener is going to be on the 19th of October against the Philadelphia Flyers, so I'm you already, don't want to
3: miss that. I am already looking forward to Holy the, pre- cow. The, pre-season, the preseason games against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a lot of fun. We've got the preseason
2: schedule out. Of course, you can check that out at floridapanthers.com. The Tampa Bay Lightning first trip to uh, to F L A Live Arena will be October the twenty first. We have uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets making their selection now. But Randy, want to get back through the first five picks. Montreal at number one, Yuri Slavkovsky, Samo Nemitz at number two to New Jersey, a defenseman. Both the top two picks from Slovakia. Logan Cooley going third to the Arizona Coyotes, a center out of the Team USA national. Team Development Program. Shane Wright going number four to Seattle, a name that we thought could go number one for the last couple of years leading up to this draft. Well, he dropped to Seattle at number four, and then Cutter Gauthier at number five, coming also from that Team USA National Team Development Program. Get used to that. If you're not familiar with the Team USA National Team Development Program, the U-18s, They're based out of Plymouth, Michigan, and they've really done an outstanding job over the last couple of decades churning out some of the best talent from the United States of America year after year. Seems like their entire roster gets drafted. And uh, again, two out of the first five picks coming from that Team USA national team development program. Uh, Before we get too far along, uh, Randy, I know the commissioner, Gary Bettman, as well mentioned earlier, condolences go out to the Marchment family, of yeah. course. Uh, longtime NHLer and Shark Scout Brian Marchment passing away yesterday. And uh, also uh, before this draft got going tonight, uh, some really nice words were said about uh, some other hockey legends like uh, E. LaFleur and Mike Bossy, who uh, passed away recently as well. Yeah. Uh, all three guys that, that you would have had a chance to play against yeah. uh, throughout your career.
3: Yeah, that's, that, that's the unfortunate part. It's a part of life, part of society. And uh, you lose some very uh, popular and instrumental people that uh, that you grew up in the game mm-hmm. with. And it, it's very sad. And um, our, our uh, condolences to the Marchman family. Yep. Um, obviously, we're, we're close to that family because um, of the son that plays for the Florida Panthers. So uh, a tough, tough uh, couple of days. And then back in April, it was eight days apart that we lost Mike Bossy and uh, Guy LaFleur.
2: Yeah, the... Uh uh, again uh, condolences go out to to all the families there uh, it was all it was talked about uh, mentioned by the commissioner before this draft got going uh, and uh, very classy from the from the commissioner there so six picks in the books uh, in montreal david yurichek uh, Czech, Czech defenseman, a defense from the Czech Republic, going to the Columbus Blue Jackets at number six. The Blackhawks, who've been busy, they are on the clock now with the seventh pick in the draft. We're going to have George Richards coming up in about uh, 13 minutes' time. The Panthers in this draft, Randy, they. As it stands right now, they don't pick till number ninety-three. Uh, they have a third-round pick, the fourth-round pick at number one twenty-five, the fifth-round pick at number one fifty-seven, In the sixth they'll pick one eighty-six and one eighty-nine, and then they have the two hundred twenty-first pick in round seven. Some notables from this draft: Arizona, they're loaded up; they've got three first-round picks, seven picks in the first two rounds. Buffalo has three first-round picks, uh, including the Panthers' first-round yep. pick from this year from the Sam Reinhart trade. Correct. So I guess getting back to that, Randy, the Pan- Panthers, over the years, they've had their share top picks. And as a result, they've gotten Barkov, and they've gotten Huberto, and they've gotten Ekblatt. Aaron Ekblad, and they got Anton Lindell a couple of years ago, and they got Spencer Knight in the first round. And all these guys look like they're going to be a part of the foundation for uh, for a long time to come. Well, the Panthers coming off winning a President's Trophy, best team in the regular season this past year. It's just it's part of the progression, Randy. We do these draft shows every single year, and we knew that eventually there was going to come a time where the Panthers weren't going to have a pick early on because they went for it, and that's where the Panthers are right now. They're in a situation where they're one yeah. of the best teams in the league, and they can go for it and picks are assets.
3: And if you can turn a pick into a guy that can help your team get closer to a Stanley Cup right now, that's what you do. And that's exactly the, the game plan for the Florida Panthers. As you mentioned, uh, there was a time where the Panthers were, were drafting First overall, Aaron Eckblad. Second overall, Barkoff. Uh, Huberdeau. And now they're at a point, as we, we heard from Bill Zito, that the the core of this group is solidified. It's going to be there for a long time, for a number of years. And uh, maybe those draft picks don't hold the same value. It's a lot different when you're drafting first, second, or third overall than you are drafting 27th, 29th, or 30th. And... Um, Sometimes you, it's cyclical. It goes in 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 these where teams are very. They value those high draft picks. But in other years, it's not as valuable. And uh, that's where the Panthers are right now.
2: And uh, of course, the Panthers, again, not picking till number 93, which is going to be tomorrow, rounds two through seven. And we'll have all that for you noon to two tomorrow, right here on 560 Sports WQAM. And Randy, Bill Zito's first couple of drafts, he's made some really savvy picks, uh, especially in the late rounds. And that's the other thing with these picks. You take a guy, and he progresses quickly, and he becomes an asset. And, of course, the Panthers don't have a first-round pick this year because they took that first-round pick. And a goaltender, Bill Zito, selected in the seventh round a couple of years ago, Devin Levi, who – Ended up being a steal and ended up being one of the goaltenders for Team Canada in the World Junior Championship a couple of years ago. And now he's really progressed nicely, and they were able to take that first-round pick and Devin yep. Levi, that seventh-round pick goaltender, and turn him into Sam Reinhart. And the way you look at it, Sam Reinhart was better than a point-of-game player last year. That first-round pick that the Panthers don't have this year, if you make that pick, you're hoping that the guy turns into a Sam Reinhart type of player. Well, why not get Sam Reinhart right now? And that's what they did, and and uh, he made their team better. So Panthers not picking as it stands right now in the first round. Crazier things have happened. We'll see how things unfold. But uh, the Panthers again set to pick at number ninety three tomorrow. Uh, again, uh, the Panthers NHL draft coverage here over the next couple of days. We've got you till ten o'clock tonight, noon to two tomorrow. Uh, Randy, we got a couple of minutes here, and whether personally for you back in nineteen eighty one, you. Were drafted in the city where the draft's being held in Montreal, or professionally, you've covered a lot of drafts on the broadcast side now for the Panthers. Is there a memory that kind of pops off your mind uh,
3: that uh, from your your years covering or being a part of the NHL draft? Well, I, I remember when uh, J.J. Dagnall got, got uh, drafted in the NHL the same year I did, and nobody realized um, when he was drafted that um, his leg was in a cast and he, he was on crutches. And and nobody at nobody at the draft, the teams didn't know what was wrong with him or whatever. And he gets drafted, and all of a sudden he stands up to go down to the podium, and he's got a cast on his leg, and he's got uh, he's on crutches. So that was that that one stood out. And he went on to play for a long time. He did. He did. Yeah. J.J. Dagnall was a very good puck-moving defenseman, and that. But can you imagine the shock of the team that drafted him? They say, uh "Oh, what's wrong with him?" And I guess that is where. Nowadays, it would be
2: tougher for something like that, to, something like that, to slip through the cracks. Yeah. There's just so much information out
3: there. Yeah, uh, yes. And the other one was the Lindros uh, draft, where he yeah. was drafted first overall by the Quebec Nordiques. He told them, "I'm not showing up. I'm not. I'm not signing with you. Don't bother drafting me." And they drafted him anyways. And what ended up turning out is uh, he was traded to the Philadelphia Flyers for a huge package, and that package helped the. Quebec Nordiques, who eventually moved within two years to Colorado to win their first Stanley Cup.
2: Oh, it was a massive haul that they got for him, and it, it, in a way, going against what maybe a lot of a lot of conventional wisdom may have said. May have said, you know what? It's a first overall pick. Do you really want to potentially waste it on a guy who's not going to go there? Well, the best thing they could have done was take the best player available that was eric Lindros. they wound up getting peter forsberg mike ricci and a whole host of other players out of that
3: deal and that was the foundation for colorado's championship and a couple other ones that stand out is brian burke who was the general manager of the vancouver connects at the time that the you're be able to get the Sedin uh, mm-hmm. twins there was a lot of that gymnastics
2: that took place to make that happen
3: yeah and another one that stands out i was in vancouver uh, covering the draft uh, a, a few years ago when Roberto Luongo uh, was traded to the Vancouver Canucks from the Florida Panthers. Mike Keenan was the general manager at the time, and I remember that distinctly. That was wow. That was wild that went on there the night before the draft that Roberto Luongo was uh, traded from the. Florida Panthers to the Vancouver Canucks.
2: So that uh, and that draft was in Vancouver, Vancouver and it of course a uh, big splash being made there and well yep. tonight at the Bell Centre in Montreal the home team has made uh, plenty of news as the uh, Canadians not only I, had the first pick in the draft took Yuri Slavkovsky but they've also had a, a couple of trades and they've landed Kirby Dock from Chicago.
3: And and recently, well not not quite recently, I remember when the Panthers held the NHL draft in, correct me if I'm wrong, 2001 when yep. they took Stephen Weiss fifth overall. Yep. That was Ilya Kovachuk was, went first overall. It was held right at the, at the FLA Live Arena, uh, named now. Uh, back then, I can't remember what it was called. but uh, And then uh, I always remember the Barkov draft, the Ekblad draft, the Huberdeau draft. Um, yeah, those really stand out. Yep, lots of uh,
2: exciting draft memories and just such a, a benchmark time on the hockey calendar. And it's really the and, culmination of, I guess it's the end of a season, and then when
3: free agency hits, that's when we start ramping up for the next and season. And, you know, when I get asked about, the, you know, the draft and what what, cha- what has changed or whatever, I, I, I just think the maturity of these players that are being drafted now at 18 years old, you never saw that. I I certainly wasn't that mature when I was drafted at 18 but uh, these players now—they—they've been through and and uh, they're well coached and well guided in in their development and that and how mature they are and how well spoken they are when they do get drafted and and then start their pro careers or or uh, after they're drafted by their individual teams, absolutely amazing.
2: Yeah, the skill level that these guys enter the league with, and tell you what, Randy, you look across all sports. I think in every sport the players are entering. Entering the leagues more trained up, more specialized, and more ready to go than uh, we've ever seen. Kevin Korchinski, a defenseman, being drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks coming from Seattle of the Western Hockey League, six two one eighty five. So he's going to the Chicago Blackhawks where it looks like Randy Moeller, he is going to the Blackhawks to be a part of the the ground level of a rebuild is what uh, he's going there to to be involved with. And Steve Eiserman and the Red Wings are on the clock now. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we've got uh, our friend from Florida Hockey Now. Been covering the Panthers for a long time. George Richards is going to stop by. Hey, calling all blockheads. New kids on the block are coming to FLA Live Arena this Saturday. Get your tickets now, flalivearena.com. I tell you what, Randy, I saw it on the sheet, NKOTB. When I worked in Cleveland, one of my coworkers referenced NKOTB. I had no idea what that acronym was. And then it was explained to me that that stands for new kids on the block and does it ever, and they're going to be at FLA Live Arena coming I up just on saw, Saturday. I
3: just saw it. Uh, and a, you're going to be in the front row, I bet. Yeah, Well, close. Uh, I just saw a special on them and their reunion, and, and now they're coming back for another reunion or whatever. They're as popular now as they were when they Oh, finished. they're huge! Oh, my goodness, they're selling out everywhere! So, yeah, second row. I can't get front row because uh, uh Steve Goldie Goldstein will be there with his oh, family. Oh, okay, yeah, makes they, took sense. Those, they took those seats, yeah, in.
2: yeah. Well, NKOTB, new kids on the block, Saturday. You know what it is, Randy. And I grew up in the '90s. There is a major nostalgia factor for people that identify closely with the '80s and '90s, and uh, and New Kids on the Block right in the middle of all that. In sync, there. Yes, they. Yep. There's another one. Yeah. But and but New Kids on the Block that was like the the pioneer of those boy bands. It was. And they are going to be at F L A Live Arena on Saturday. Get your tickets F L A Live Arena dot com slash events. Not sure he'll be at the New Kids on the Block show, but he's going to be joining us next segment. George Richards from Florida Hockey Now is going to stop by. We'll talk NHL Draft. We'll talk Panthers. We'll talk the hiring of Paul Maurice. We'll talk about the schedule. We'll talk about all of it. That's coming up next as we continue our coverage of the 2022 NHL Draft. Doug Plagans, Randy Moeller here with you. George Richards stopping by next. This is 560 Sports W Q A U.
1: Time for more Florida Panthers NHL Draft coverage. On the home of the Panthers. AM 560 Sports WQAM. FM 99.9 HD2. And streaming on the Odyssey app.
2: Hey everybody welcome back as we continue our coverage of night one of the NHL Draft. First round is tonight. Tomorrow night, say tomorrow during the day, rounds 2 through 7. We'll have you covered noon to 2 tomorrow. We're with you tonight uh, till 10 o'clock. Doug Plagan's Red Deer, Randy Moeller with you. Panthers fans, your cats are back at home. October 19th against Philadelphia for the home opener. Download the full schedule, FloridaPanthers.com, slash schedule to see your cats back on the ice. The Detroit Red Wings, another Atlantic Division team, they just chose a center named Marco Casper out of Austria by way of Sweden where he was playing. Casper, the friendly Marco, except Marco Casper, he is going to be suiting up uh, eventually, they believe, for the Detroit Red Wings and playing a key role. So he's been chosen eighth overall in this draft. We've seen a lot of noise made out of the Atlantic Division, and now we bring on a longtime friend of the program from Florida Hockey now. He's been covering the Panthers for a very long time. My friend and yours, George Richards. Kind enough to take some time out from his busy Thursday night for us. George, how the heck are you?
0: I've just been swimming in the Atlantic, my friend. Just swimming in the Atlantic.
2: And that is a great way to lead in because, George, I'm sure you're keeping tabs on everything so far, whether it's draft picks, whether it's trades. Tell you what, this Atlantic division was already one of the toughest in the league, and everybody in this division, top to bottom, one way or another, appears to be loading up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about this in the past, Doug. I mean, the Atlantic looks like a juggernaut right now. You look at the teams up top, we know all those guys, Toronto, Florida, Tampa Bay. Boston looks like the team that's that's, you know, dropping a little bit. It looks like they might be doing a little bit of a rebuild depending on what players they lose here or there. Um, but my goodness, Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo has been rebuilding for the last 15 years. One of these days they'll get it right. Um, Montreal making all kinds of moves. Uh, they're they're probably still a bit of ways, but the Atlantic looks pretty
3: tough. Doug and George, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, wanna... Hi, Randy. How are you? Um, I want to get your impressions. Uh, you had a chance to meet with Paul Maurice. Panthers uh, named him the head coach just a short time ago. Uh, your thoughts on? Uh, his fit with this hockey club and, and being a veteran coach with a, uh, a a core that we believe will be intact uh, for many, many years.
0: Yeah, I, I got to speak with Paul, and I've, you know, spoken with him a bunch over the years. He's good friends with, with Pete DeBoer, as you know. Um, he Yeah, I mean, you talk about a guy that was excited to come here Um, You know, his last year, he wasn't having a whole lot of fun with that, uh, you know, kind of a dysfunctional Winnipeg team. So it'll be good for him to he got some time off to recharge the batteries a little bit. Um, I, I like the, the, the Paul Maurice hire. I, I think he was, you know, if he was interested in coaching, I, had, you know, we talked about this too. Um, Barry Trotz, I think, was the number one name on the free agent list. He didn't want to coach this year. Number two would have been Paul Maurice. Um, I, I think he's a good fit for this team. Uh, players enjoy playing for him. He's you know, the team's going to be prepared. Um, that that's one thing. Paul Maurice is a very smart person very smart hockey hockey mind um you know he's going to get a lot out of this team he, and again he's been doing it forever i mean his first coaching gig came in with the hartford whalers so that's how long ago you know he started coaching he's coached in the ahl he's coached in the khl but most of his career in the last 26 27 years has been in the nhl so there's not going to be much things that are going to surprise him i think he's going to adjust well um, during games and things of the sort. And uh, yeah, I-, I think it's a good move. I-, I think Andrew Burnett did a heck of a job uh, thrown into a tough situation. We all know that. Um, but. I think the Panthers, with this group, they really wanted an experienced voice back there, and they got one in Paul Maurice.
2: George Richards from Florida Hockey now joining us. The ninth pick in the draft has been made. Matthew Savoy from Winnipeg of the Western Hockey League going to the Buffalo Sabres at number nine. So played his junior hockey in the WHL in Winnipeg, where between the airport and downtown, there's a men's clothing store called George Richards Menswear. George Correct. Richards joining us here on the program, coincidentally. Yep. right now uh george in mentioning george richard's big and fat <laughs> it's i've never shopped in the store so i can't make any comments about uh the sort of merchandise that they have in there i think it's a chain you want to look slim hang around with a bunch of fat people doug that's my theory <laughs> George Richards joining us, talking all things here, not just the draft. But uh, George, no. the the you mentioned Paul Maurice, and you mentioned the experience that he has. The other thing, you've, you're a guy who's covered this team for a long time. And one of my reactions when they when Paul Maurice was announced as the head coach, as well, is this is a guy that's going to really really do well in this market because he's known as a as a communicator. He he's able to really. Communicate the game well, not only to his players but to the media, and he's very engaging, very approachable, and I think that's going to go over well in the market with yeah. fans as well. Oh, absolutely.
0: He's very he's he's friendly, like you said, easy to approach. Um, he's insightful, right? I mean, you listen to the answers that you know that he gave, um, not only at the uh, at his introductory press conference, but in the interviews that he did to the side with Channel Six and Seven and Ten and all that um and and speaking with you know with me uh the, the next day just you 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 hear the passion for the game in his voice um he doesn't you know he he's a, he's a teacher right he's a teacher of the game and, you know, if somebody asks a dumb question, which, you know, happens on a daily basis um, in, in our profession, you know, he's not going to snap at somebody or bark at somebody. So, 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 yeah, you, you have some inexperienced media people sometimes ask something, you know, that doesn't – he's not going to like, what are you talking about? You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, anytime you've got a guy like that um, who – At a moment's notice, we'll jump on your radio show. We'll jump on, you know, live with Goldie on Channel 4 or whatever. Um, That's good for the game.
3: It certainly is. George, uh, your reaction, your thoughts on the Panthers' schedule that was released yesterday.
0: Yeah, definitely uh, doesn't look too difficult, right? I mean, you know, the highlight is uh, the All-Star break when uh, uh, the All-Star weekend comes here to Fort Lauderdale. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, You know, they start off three games on the road, but – You know, there's not a whole lot of long trips. I think they've got, what, a seven-game road trip, but they've got a six-game road trip, and they've got a seven-game homestand. So it looks like it's mixed up pretty good. Um, you know, gone are the days where they spend the entire, you know, Christmas, New Year's break here in in South Florida. They've got a couple games they've got to go to, which is going to stink for travel, having to fly, you know, right after, right before New Year's or whatever, but, um, a good schedule. You've got everybody coming in and you're going to be able to see all the teams and, um, you know, four games against Tampa, you know, could have been five. So that's good. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's 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 a good balanced schedule, and it'll be fun to, to to see this team back in action. I think you know it ended so abruptly and. Ended in a way I don't think anybody saw coming, and I think uh, they'd jump on the ice tomorrow if they could.
2: George Richards, Florida Hockey, now here with us. And now that the dust has settled a little bit, George, you mentioned uh, the way the season ended, but well, oh, I almost just knocked my mic right over, uh, but uh, we're back in full working order here. Uh, George, the, the season ended a little earlier than I think a lot of folks would have obviously uh, liked or sure. anticipated, but at the same time, there were a lot of strides taken this year. And, George, now that the the dust has settled, and you've had a chance to, to look back at it. And you mentioned that hunger right there. You got the vibe that these guys would have been ready to start up a new season the next day after that Game 4 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I know he said it after the uh, end of the, the prior season, but after this uh, season came to a close, now the guys have had a chance to digest it. Uh, just where would you put that hunger? It seems like these guys are ready to get going, and there was some valuable experience taken from it.
0: Yeah, you would you would you would hope so. I mean, I think if you look back to last year, uh, you saw Colorado get knocked out in the second round, um, and they didn't. You know, they handled it in exactly the way you would want a team to handle it, and you have to hope that. Uh, if you're a Florida Panthers fan that that they do so in in, in a similar fashion Um, it it was tough I mean because you saw we we watched that first round against Washington it was exciting it was wide open Uh, Florida down 2-1 in that series and they come back to win the next three Um, and you're thinking okay they got the playoff jitters out of their system this team is now going to take off and obviously it didn't happen Um, I, I know the those guys feel that same way that they, they, you know, you know, they had an opportunity to go to overtime in game two and it got taken away in a, in a second and, and now they're down 2 and it, it was tough, but did this team make a lot of strides? Absolutely. I mean, we, we talked to, to Bill Zito about that two days after the fact, and although he didn't really want to reflect, too much, yeah. It, it was a great year for the Florida Panthers, notwithstanding how it ended, um, because you know this was a team that was fun to watch. Um, they were never out of a game. I mean, what were they down five-one, in, in you know, in New Jersey that Saturday, and they come back to win the San Jose game. They rally to win Toronto. You know, all I, I, You can't count all the comebacks that this team had. They were very exciting. Um, but this was the team that had the opportunity to, to do something special and, and fell short. Um, this will be a different-looking team moving forward. Uh, we know that. But, it, it you know, I, I think the organization as a whole really took a big step forward.
2: George Richards, Florida Hockey now here with us. Uh, George, one more before we let you get going here. Uh, between now and when the season starts, which Randy and I were talking about it right off the top of the show, hard to believe, Three months from now, we're going to be getting ready to kick off a new season. This summer is going to go by pretty quickly, and we've got a lot to do between now and opening night, of course. But as this offseason progresses, be it with the Panthers or elsewhere, is there anything in particular storyline-wise that you're keeping your eye on? Anything that really particularly uh, interests you as we get closer to the next season?
0: well there's you know the, the the nuts and bolts of things and and you know and I'm not just talking about you know Alexi Hepenoma getting a one year deal um you're you're looking at the big stuff right you're looking at Contract extensions, McKenzie Weger, uh, Jonathan Huberdeau, um, what happens there? How does Bill Zito clear some, some you know, salary cap space? Does does that start tonight? Does it start tomorrow? Um, you would think that something happens here at this draft because, you know, the Panthers don't have a whole lot of cap room, and, and that's just the way life is these days in the NHL. Florida is not alone. A lot of teams are up against the cap. We, we I talked about this the other day with someone. In 2019, nobody would have thought that the salary cap would be flat this long. I mean, people, you would have thought the salary cap would be about $90 million now, and it's about $8 million shy of that. So a lot of teams that had long-term deals – are really feeling the pinch, and Florida's no different. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. Um, you know, we're going to see some some of the kids here in development camp and that kind of stuff, that's always fun. Um, and, and looking ahead to training camp, with the roster the way it is, what kids coming up from, from you know, from Charlotte – or even from the juniors, uh, Justin Sordiff, of for one. Wow. Do these young kids really get a chance to, to, to make this team, and, and and we'll see how deep the Panthers are. So it's going to be an interesting offseason, and it's going to be an interesting training camp here in Sunrise.
2: George Richards, Florida Hockey Now, been covering the Panthers for a long time with all the info for us right there. George, between now and the start of the season, where can we most likely find you in your downtime?
0: Uh, you, do you want to find me at FloridaHockeyNow dot com? you can do that uh no you know i'm working around i'm doing some things i just got back from a little road trip went and saw some baseball i saw your jacksonville uh, jumbo shrimp that was fun and uh, you know just hanging around I'm, I'm i'm in town i'm not going anywhere for
2: a while george where can all the folks find you your great work there.
0: For my work, yes, thank you, Doug. FloridaHockeyNow.com. dot com. You can follow me on Twitter at George Richards and uh, visit the Florida Hockey Now uh, YouTube page. That's where we uh, keep all the videos. We're going to update them with the draft stuff this week, and uh, yeah, it should be interesting. should be a Should be a fun week for the Panthers.
2: He's George
3: Richards from Florida Hockey Now. Randy, you look like you had something to add over there. No, no, no. You've embarrassed yourself enough, Doug. That's <laughs> fine. George, thanks for coming on with us. We love your insight, as always, and uh, enjoy the off season. Thank you, George.
2: All right. Thanks, Moles. Thanks, Doug. Thank you very much. George Richards, Florida Hockey Now, kind enough to stop by and take some time out for us on this Thursday evening, talking about the first round of the draft, talking about the Panthers, talking about Paul Maurice, lots to get to, lots of excitement, and lots of storylines. I tell you what, the uh, NHL season may end, but the news and notes and all the fun, it just never stops as the news cycle continues. A couple of picks were made Uh Pavel Mintikov, a defenseman, played for Saginaw, the Ontario Hockey League. He is Russian, 6'2", 194, taken yeah. 10th overall by the Anaheim Ducks. And the Arizona Coyotes are back on the clock at number 11.
3: Yeah, and that, that player that the Ducks took, I mean, he was rated number eighteenth, And he was picked number 10th, so kind of a little bit of a surprise, but... That happens at the draft.
2: If you like a guy, you want to make sure nobody else gets him, then go get him, I guess. Uh, And that's what uh, Pat Verbeek there, the new general manager with the Anaheim Ducks, uh, has been doing. Looks like we have uh, the Coyotes and Sharks making a trade. The Sharks are getting picks 27, 34, and 45. Arizona has gotten that number 11 pick. So, this was supposed to be San Jose. Arizona's jumped up into that spot
3: with the trade they gave up. So, that that could possibly be four first-round picks for the Coyotes.
2: And the Coyotes came into this draft. Uh, Let me go to the sheet here. Seven
3: picks in the first two rounds.
2: Seven in the first two rounds. And uh, just uh, three the rest of the way after the – first two rounds. So they they gave up three picks in exchange for another first round pick. The San Jose Sharks, they are just trying to pile up Assets right now, yeah. uh, they're just going for quantity. So uh, obviously, uh, new general manager Mike Greer, only a few days on the job there. And, yeah, congratulations! Uh, to him. Congratulations to him. Another guy, new GM, guy who played for uh, for a long time, and uh, and the brother of Dolphins general manager Chris Greer. If the name sounds familiar, so yeah. uh, again, uh, some guys accomplishing big things in the front office world uh, from that family. So the NHL draft coverage continuing. We have ten. Picks in the books up in Montreal. Thanks to George Richards for stopping by. Cats fans, stay on top of all things Panthers. Check out the latest episode of Territory Talk with Jamison Olive and get exclusive. Interviews and articles about the team. See the newest episodes at FloridaPanthers.com slash Territory Talk. Jameson Olive and I have a new episode of Territory Talk each and every week for you. You can usually look for it on Wednesdays wherever you find your podcasts. We've got more draft coverage coming up next as we come up on the tail end of our number two. Time's flying by here on night one of the NHL draft. Ten picks in the books. We have a trade. The Coyotes moved up to number 11. That pick may have been made by the time we we come back, we'll tell you all about it, all that and more coming up straight ahead. Later on in the show, we've got Sean Rourke from NHL.com. Lots of thoughts on this draft. We'll go back and talk about that first overall pick that Montreal made. They've been busy tonight. Yuri Slavkovsky, a left winger, big left winger out of Slovakia, the number one pick in tonight's draft. So we'll talk about that and more coming up on the other side of the break. He's Randy Moeller. I'm Doug Plagans. This is your NHL draft coverage right here on 560 Sports WQAM.
1: Florida Panthers NHL draft coverage continues on the home of the Panthers. AM 560 Sports WQAM. FM 99.9 HD2. And streaming on the Odyssey app.
2: Welcome back into our draft coverage, our annual Draft coverage coming up on the end of hour number two. We're with you till 10 o'clock, night one of the National Hockey League draft. The 60th NHL draft, by the way. Uh, Randy Moeller. Doug Plagans, Red Deer Randy Moeller here with you. The draft up in Montreal at the Bell Center. We've had lots of fun here this evening. There's been lots of news. We've had trades made. We've had some surprises in the draft order. We'll recap yeah. all of that coming up here in just a moment. Again, Doug Plagans, Red Deer Randy Moeller uh, here with you this evening. You can tweet the broadcast, a draft edition of the world famous Twitter segment here. You can tweet at Doug Plagans at Hey Red Deer. We've got some rolling in. in the first one, or I uh, Say Randy, the first one coming in is from Jameson Olive, who was on the show a couple of segments and ago, and he's on the floor in Montreal. And he's there, although when we talked to him, he wasn't on the floor—not quite as glamorous. He was in a stairwell. He had to get away from all the excitement to be able to hear us to communicate. Over twenty thousand, yeah, it's that of wild. up
3: there. in at the Bell Center, in Montreal, a great atmosphere. Yes, happy for him. Happy for the NHL and all the prospects a great environment
2: and do you think that there was I mean I know that you can't get caught up in the moment but with Montreal owning the first pick and being in their home building and then they made the big splash made the trade got Kirby Dock do you think that Kent Hughes the GM there maybe had a little extra incentive you know what let's go out and make a splash let's get this place going and let's try to put on a show as much as you can without players on the ice tonight
3: (laughs) <laughs> I just thinking of a, uh, another story, uh, a number of years ago, the draft was in Montreal and also, uh, I represent obviously the, uh, the Florida Panthers alumni and we had alumni president chapter president meeting in Montreal. I can't remember what year it was and we're up there and we had the draft and went very, very well. And then we had the meetings and we broke for the meetings. Uh, we met in the morning. Then we we're going to meet a little bit later on in the afternoon. And I decided to walk to down to Old Montreal, beautiful area. They had to grab some lunch, and I went into this wonderful French restaurant that was right there, and, and uh, a beautiful, you know, the building was from the 1800s, whatever. And the waiter recommended that uh, I have the muscles. Well fast forward 24 hours uh i was laying in the concourse by the gate on the floor uh with a case of food poisoning so bad and 24 hours later and uh, i finally gathered up enough strength to get to the airport and not feeling all that chipper as you can well imagine and my flight is delayed for uh, four hours and there's no seats and i'm laying on the floor in a fetal position uh, suffering from food uh, poisoning. So, yeah, there's another very glamorous uh memory of uh of a draft and and that in life in the NHL, Doug. And let me guess, you would not recommend the mussels. I love mussels and I've had it many times even after that, but uh, unfortunately that was the culprit that uh the downfall of uh of Randy Moeller's social activities in in Montreal took all the strength to after 24 hours in a hotel room, that uh, to get to the airport.
2: Oh, I tell you what, uh, food poisoning is is
3: one of the worst. Yeah, I'll tell We've you. We've all what. had it. Oh yeah, it's and it's uh, not it's, fun. You know, Doug, we, we we talk about and we asked George Richards about the, you know the season that the Panthers had last year. And I correct me if I'm wrong. I I lost count. Was there 13 or 14 players on that roster for the Florida Panthers had career years as yep. far as offense. And the the goals, the 337 goals, and the points, 122, and and the home record, 34 and seven, was a record on home ice. And that um, everything went right for them as far as the success that they had and the comebacks, and and all the. They were what, 16 and six after regulation, which is phenomenal, especially for the Florida Panthers, who historically haven't had a whole lot of success up till last year in after regulation mm-hmm. and they really uh and they, the entertainment and the speed and the scoring and the excitement and the comebacks and everything like that Um you know the anticipation for this year the the, the bar has been set very very high the expectations for this hockey club and and uh, the core will be there and we know we know that and and that but you know asking you what your thoughts are Uh, going into training camp and what your expectations are?
2: Well, I think it's a healthy situation. I think any team would want to go into a season with pressure and expectations because that means you got a good team, and that means that the team believes in what it can accomplish. That means the fans have a standard and know what the team can accomplish. I think it's going to be a big year. No reason that it shouldn't be. This is a Panthers team, and I've been telling a lot of folks, obviously last season ended earlier than people would have liked. Second round of the playoffs. Went down in four games, although that wasn't your typical four-game sweep. Those were much closer. Every one of those games, with the exception of game three, was close and sounds cliche, but truly could have gone either way. But you look at the way that season unfolded, now that we have been able to take some time to digest all of it, there was valuable experience taken from that. And for that group to win a playoff series, that goes a long way, to be able to see what it takes to win a seven-game playoff series to get by the Washington Capitals, a battle-tested team. And there were some ebbs and flows and some ups and downs in that series that the Panthers had to endure. They had to win a couple of games in overtime. It was a challenge. They got through it. And to be able to see that firsthand, that's going to go a long way for this team. And then they saw what Tampa Bay threw at them. In the second round, there were big chunks of those games against the Lightning where the Panthers were the better team for the vast majority of it. But I think what we saw Tampa Bay display, not only against the Panthers, but against Toronto in the first round, against the Rangers in the Eastern final. And then what they also showed in the Stanley Cup final, because Randy, I tell you what, the Tampa Bay Lightning, you watch those Stanley Cup finals, that series went six games. Colorado was the far superior team. You could by the by the time that series was into Game Four, Game Five, Game Six, the Tampa Bay Lightning finally started to look like a tired, banged-up hockey team yeah. that had just played a ton of games the last couple of years against the stiffest competition out there. But we saw how far they can get on savvy, on know-how, on experience, on not caving to pressure on just being consistent, knowing that every playoff game is a process and every little play can add up to the, the goal you're ultimately trying to accomplish. I think the Panthers, having seen that firsthand a couple of years in a row, I think they're better equipped now going into next year. I've been telling a lot of people, I know that season that we just had, it ended sooner than people would like, but they won a President's Trophy, they won a round in the playoffs, and they're just scratching the surface. This is a team that's just kicking off – uh, a window of probably, you know, the next five years or so, this is a team that's going to be in that contending mix for the Stanley Cup. Uh, they're going to be right there for the next number of years, beyond what? five years, I'd say.
3: And, and and what I took away, and like you said, when the dust settles and you're able to digest from that from that season and be able to, and fortunate to be able to call the majority of the games on television and and is the excitement, the style of play, the quickness, the attacking style that I think has really endured with the fans, uh, not only down here in South Florida, obviously, the, the ones that come every game, and, and the fans really enjoy that style of play. Uh, and that's the new NHL. Mm-hmm. It is run and gun, and go for it. And you know what? You might might give up two or three goals or whatever, but – You're going to score five or six, and that's what the Panthers did, and that's what I'm really looking forward to, that continuation of that style of play, that that high-octane offense. And
2: I think the same thing goes. I told a number of people this, but especially down here in our market, I know that you have a lot of people that are new to the game of hockey or you have a lot of people that maybe watch it out of the corner of their eye. If you aren't... If you're just getting introduced to the sport of hockey, if you are a hockey novice, if you're just a casual hockey fan, maybe you tune in for the playoffs. So I'll tell you what, if you want to get introduced to the sport of hockey, come out and watch this edition of the Florida Panthers. There's no better way to introduce somebody to the sport of hockey than with the entertainment value that this team puts on
3: the ice every night and the speed and the tempo and the way they play the game. Doug, I've lost count how many people have that – not only that I introduced to the game or came up to me and said, wow, I, this was my only my second NHL game, my first NHL game. And they were, they were floored at the entertainment and how exciting and the atmosphere in the Panthers home building is really something that, and that's what I'm, I'm really proud of too, because we're, we continue to grow the fan base and the fans that have been here I'm happy for them as well that have stuck with this team. We've been through thick and thin, and that, and to see how this team plays on the ice and how it conducts itself off the ice as well in the community is really something to be, uh, be proud of, be a part of.
2: Yeah, great to be a part of it. Lots of excitement, really fun team to watch. And one other thought, Randy, we talked with – uh, George Richards a lot about Paul Maurice coming in. Yeah. And the thing with Paul Maurice, a very experienced coach, and this is a team that's team that's ready to win right now and going to be ready to win for the next number of years. Yeah. So Paul Maurice, and Bill Zito used this word a lot at the introductory press conference, but used the word fit. Paul Maurice, a really good fit with what this group is capable of, what they're trying to do. The thing with Paul Maurice, too, you look at the coaching jobs he's done, and his most recent stop before the Panthers – in Winnipeg with the Jets, and I would – you look at this Panthers team, the high-flying attack, the high-octane offense, all the big guns. The Winnipeg teams that Paul Maurice had a, a chance to coach there for a few – there was a stretch of time you could argue that those Jets were among the most fun teams to watch in the league. They had Blake Wheeler and Mark Scheifele and Nikolai Ehlers, and you go right down the list, Dustin Bufflin when he was there. That was an, a high-octane offensive team. So Paul Maurice knows how to coach and how to get a lot out of a team that has a ton of offensive big guns. We also saw Paul Maurice after Dustin Bufflin left, after the Jets became a bit undermanned, he was able to squeeze a lot out of Winnipeg. So Paul Maurice showed the ability to coach a number of different ways, but most specifically I thought about, you know what, those Jets teams for a while there that Paul Maurice had, and they were pretty close to getting to the Stanley Cup Final on a couple of occasions. They were among the most fun teams to watch in the league. They had a ton of gifted offensive players. He's got that again here with this Panthers group. Going to be fun to see how Paul Maurice puts his stamp on this Florida Panthers team once they get ready for the upcoming season. Randy, some tweets coming in before we get to the break. Jameson Olive, who came on a couple of segments ago, he asked what your walk-up song would be if you were to get drafted here in 2022. I don't think they had walk-up music when you got drafted uh, back in 1981. You shook me all night long. ACDC.
3: You can never go wrong with No,
2: you can't. It's timeless. It's yeah. timeless. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That works. Uh, Randy Moeller answering Jameson Olive's question. We'd like to thank – although Jameson's either on the uh, draft floor or in a stairwell, we'd like to thank him <laughs> for, the, uh, for chiming in here in the draft edition of the world-famous Twitter segment. We've got Sean the Hawk tuning in. We've got uh, Kurt, the South Carolina Twitter captain, who's listening. We've got uh, – Aves listening here on Twitter. Here's one that's interesting. Uh, Aves asks, uh, you and another Panthers player are stuck on an island, have to survive for a year. Uh, which player would we choose if we uh, had to pick one Panthers player to survive on an island for a year? Who would you say the most resourceful member of the Florida Panthers is?
3: You know it would be most fun, probably? One of the funnest would be Mackenzie Weger. I was going to say. He'd tell you what the weather was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, it'd be. Uh, I, I think Ryan Lomberg would get you through, get you out of yeah. some dicey situations. Yeah. Couple that come to mind.
3: Sergey uh, Sergey would be good too. He would tell you that you know it's it's a process. Yeah. And you, you just work, take it day by day and we take we'll, it day yeah. by day and continue to try and improve and to win and and improve on yourself. And so yeah,
2: there's a. I tell you what, we're we're very lucky. We have a very good, approachable group of players. And uh, uh,
3: Aaron Eckblad would be very good as yep. well. Very. Uh, very knowledgeable and, and uh of world affairs. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting.
2: Were you a Gilligan's Islands fan, Randy?
3: Oh, always. I loved the show. Yeah. Big yeah. fan. Yeah. Big fan. Ginger was a, a big influence on Yeah. It. <laughs>
2: Ginger or Marianne, Randy. Yeah, Ginger. The uh, three-hour tour of the draft <laughs> coverage will continue with our number three coming up next. Uh, Doug Plagan's Red Deer, Randy Moeller. Uh no phone, no lights, no motor car. Not a single luxury, but we've got the NHL Draft Our number three coverage coming up straight ahead. Night one, uh, we've got round two, rounds two through seven, by the way. Tomorrow, noon to two, we'll be with you once again. That's only going to be a two-hour tour, but we'll keep things going straight ahead. Our number three, it's our NHL Draft coverage. Doug Plagans, Red Deer, Randy Muller with you right here. 560 Sports WQAM.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,